I was gonna say you can do the cannonball run in like twenty hours, apparently. Do the what? The cannonball run. You drive from New York City to someplace in California as fast as you can. That sounds awful. It sounds like Caleb's probably gonna get a ticket on that trip. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say apparently <laughs> they've the because of coronavirus they've finally broken it into uh, the teens. Like some guy got there in eighteen hours. That's crazy. He is going very fast. Very, oh, you very are like fast. Very, very, very fast. At least 100 miles an hour plus through most of that. Where's it from? New York to what? I guess it's NYC to LA. How did some Beach. person do this in 18 hours? This says 41 hours to go from New York to LA. Yeah. They would conceivably have to go two point something times the speed limit. Yeah, apparently he uh, took out all of the extra um, seats in his car and just had uh, like a way that he could fill like just extra gas tank so he didn't have to ever stop. 41 hours is no stops. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 25 hours. 25 hours and 55 yeah, minutes. I mean, it's still ridiculous. That's still crazy fast. Yeah. His entire like trunk now. is a gas tank. This man's entire trunk is a gas tank. <laughs> the Mustang GT will not go any faster than 159 miles per hour, he told Roden Track. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. <laughs> because he got it there. There are... It shows him right outside of Oklahoma City going 159 miles an hour. I will tell you something. That car will not run after that trip. Oh my gosh, he freaking rented this Mustang. This is a mad lad right here. Oh wow. Like, you know what? We're renting wow. this Mustang. He put a 130-gallon gas tank in the back and drove it to L.A. <laughs> you definitely, freaking mad that, lad. He took the a seats out and put this too? tank in. You, you definitely don't want to own it for the amount of damage that you're doing on that engine, running it that hour. Look at the amount of fuel that sits in this vehicle. If you get in a wreck going 150, sorry, 187 gallon fuel tank. If you get in a wreck going 159 miles an hour with 187 gallons of unleaded in your car, goodbye. Mm -hmm. Kaboom. I mean, I, I think if you get in a wreck going that fast. Yeah. The gas any, tank is not With your nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not the issue. <laughs> Uh, hey everybody, welcome to The Forecast, episode 107. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced on Thursdays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. Uh, if you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community, or you can come hang out on our Discord channel, or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com. Uh, we have a ton of original content there for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which gets pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. Uh, I am Aaron. I'm here with a couple additional peeps. Alex. Hello. Jake. Hi. Caleb. That's me. And Owie Boy. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I feel like I'm just going to keep changing your name. 
every time from now on. I'm going to have fine. to come up with something new. It's oh, important. It's going to get rough after like episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is our special July 2nd edition of the podcast where we don't talk about the 4th of July. We just talk about all the people who have been shooting off fireworks for the past month in preparation for the 4th of July. Oh my gosh. Did you hear what's happening in New York with that? No. They found a solution, and I think it's pretty good. I think everyone's going to be happy. Oh, God. What is it? They So they don't want people gathering for fireworks, right? Because COVID, everyone will die. So what they're doing is they're just going to set off fireworks randomly over the next <laughs> few days. Yeah. No, yep. they're Macy's not. Over, yep. over like five days, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Random times. Random Please. places. Yes, random display. places. <laughs> I hope it's just explosions. People are going to have PTSD from this. You really oh, dude, right? You wake up in the morning, you go to your bathroom, fireworks. <laughs> That's where they decided today, your bathroom. I guess they have some kind of notification system that they're sending oh, yeah. texts around with, but they're not very specific. It's like mm. between 9 and 11 p.m., you'll probably hear fireworks in these areas. If you hear explosions <laughs> tonight... It's probably it's, okay. It's fireworks. Yeah, don't what worry. A- it's not the riots or, you know, the cops keeping you up at night. It's it's the, it's us. We're actually I mean, doing this. Surprise the, fireworks. Isn't that insane? For the criminals Gosh. in New York, that's probably like a prime opportunity for them to do a bank job, you know? Oh, sure. Like, <laughs> all right, we just got to time it up for these fireworks. We know it's going to be in this area. We'll just hit the bank at that time. And all I need is somebody to stand by the door. And when you hear a pop, just tell me and I'll, I'll pull the trigger. I mean, honestly, if they're lucky, the random location will just be the bank vault. Oh, shoot. I do think I do think the one way you could actually spice up fireworks is surprise fireworks. So that actually works out. (laughs) Spice it up. That's 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 a way to put it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely expecting fireworks. You're like, all right, let me see these colorful lights in the sky, I guess. If you don't expect it, though, just surprise fireworks. You're like, holy crap. <laughs> Look at those fireworks. Uh, I have appreciated. I saw somebody tweet it today. Um, just a friendly reminder that no one is ever going to watch that video of you recording fireworks going off. So, yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Also, cameras are really bad at capturing fireworks. <laughs> yes, they, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> But As the still photographer that, of the group, I'll tell you, don't do it. So that one guy with his iPad Pro recording a video, holding it up in front of everybody. It'll be it'll be solid. <laughs> Mark uh, Adams just with yes. his iPad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with what we've been starting with, with which is uh, Alex time version 1.7, because we still haven't premiered 2.0 yet somehow. Yeah, that's coming. Ah, uh, TM. Everybody's anticipating it, but you oh, know, yeah. it's just Highly it's not ready yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it going to be surprise fireworks? <laughs> just fireworks. Maybe. Uh, One lucky fan instead that... of a podcast fireworks. <laughs> uh, today I bring to you BuzzFeed's list of the top oh, memes of the 2010s. No! Bless America, yes. Ow. This is awful right. already. Where you is had this? me at memes. This you had me like at BuzzFeed. The... This is There's like the, uh, the time I read that uh, 10 Disney princesses is warm bowls of water. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So there's a hundred of these, but I think we just go to the what? top 10. A hundred. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Read them off. I'm not going to look at them. Uh, Kermit is number 10. Which so Kermit? It's going to be the iced tea Kermit. The iced tea Kermit is what they, okay. they show. Okay. Ooh. All right. Um, then... For number nine, it is re- re- like list reaction gifts. 
which I think is like that's not that's no. nothing. <laughs> that's what? Classic. It's like a wide. That's a genre of me. Yes, it's like a classic BuzzFeed move. They're like, let's define a list and then let's put a list of things within the list because then it'll be bigger. Here's a bunch of things we'll pile into one. Number eight might be my favorite. They just say Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> just what? Just what? him. Just the man. Him. The man. The that's legend. Good. He's, yeah. he's, he's a meme. Sure. <laughs> he is basically a meme. Yeah. Uh, uh, number seven is the dress, which is. If stupid. you remember the also stupid. Not, like, black and blue or white and gold, that's We're not a meme. Pretty generous here. That's not a meme at all. Well, we gotta, that's not even really a guys, meme. You have to expand your horizons <clears throat> uh, about what a meme is. We have not debuted that mm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. No, we have. We're like five episodes in on that podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> haven't debuted it. Can't do it. <laughs> if you joined it, you'd know. Oh, ouch! <laughs> I can't read. Um, that's the problem. Mm, that is hard. <laughs> Number six is the This Is Fine Dog. Mm. The the two panel in mm. the burning building. Yeah, that's, okay. that's, that is quality. I'll give you that. And Pretty probably a meme. Yeah, mm. and also made its way into Destiny as in the form of an emote. So that's how you know it's it's really made it. Yep. Sure. Uh, num- number five is just Smash Mouth's All-Star. Just the song? The that's song. song. Me bowl. Yeah. That's a song. Me? You can't <laughs> no. You can't just put whatever you want. Okay. Like, number four is spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs, the dish. Uh, number four, they say on fleek. Like, using the term on fleek, I guess. Not, that's nothing. That's that's not really anything. Okay. Number three is an Probably actual... originally came from a meme, right? Yeah, I don't know, maybe. I, don't know, I feel like people said it, though, is the thing. Like, it was probably a thing people said. Mm, and then like, it maybe became, like, as a... a joke. That still doesn't make a meme. Mm-mm. Pepe the Frog is number three. Yeah, that one's they- not aging super good. I feel like maybe <laughs> I shouldn't have put that on this list. <sighs> oh, look at that. Yeah, they mentioned that he's a literal hate symbol now, so that's cool. At least mm-hmm. that gets a nice little shout out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that because like 4chan was like, what if we make Pepe the Frog a hate symbol? That sounds like what 4chan More or less. Would do. It, it just got like adopted by a bunch of racists. Yeah, <laughs> was my understanding. I think they, I think they were like, we can turn anything into a hate symbol. So let's make Pepe the Frog a hate symbol, and then actual racists started using it. I was like, wow, we we did it. <laughs> I was trying to like prove a point. I don't know. Crying Jordan what? is number two. Aww. I don't, I don't even know. know meme. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this was Michael Jordan. Disclosure. <laughs> uh, and the number one is just SpongeBob, which I don't under- really understand. There's a bunch of memes made out of SpongeBob. Such a dog shit choice. <laughs> that's yeah. nothing. That's a TV show. They have a correction section on this article about yep. memes. <laughs> Corrections. Uh, some of these are not memes. Also, SpongeBob is a show. All Star is uh, a song. Spaghetti is a dish. It's not actually a meal because it doesn't memes. have meatballs. Yeah. Mm. Like they, the weird thing is they have actual memes in this list that they just blow past as they're just like, oh yeah, it's farther down on the list. Like the distracted boyfriend or mm-hmm. um, the Doge, the the yeah. Doge or or the the real the, housewife, like the real housewife cat. Yeah, like all of those are memes that people know. The blinking white guy, blinking like, white guy is excellent. Yes, yeah. 
Man, what a what a solid what a solid solid list for this just, Alex time. Great, I wanted to feed. I wanted to up the quality of Alex time, so I decided. <laughs> so you went with Buzz why Buzz not? Feed memes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really did it. <laughs> Nailed it. Gosh. Okay, let's move on because that's just terrible. All right, what have you been playing lately? Uh, actually, I'll start this week. I've only really oh played God. one thing. So um, we went on a very long trip to, we basically drove almost all the way to Las Vegas from Kansas City. It's a very long trip, almost 3,300 miles round trip. Well, that seems fun. Yeah. Did you long. actually go to Vegas? No. We did not. No. Oh, okay. Because if you go to Nevada, you have to self-quarantine when you get back to the state of That's Kansas. fair. So, yeah, we 14 did. 14 days. Yeah. So, uh, no, we didn't, but we got back and I hadn't played games in a week. So on Sunday morning at like 8 a.m., I got up and I was like, "Ah, you know what? I've been wanting to play The Last of Us. So I just played the entire game and the DLC in one day. Wow. Which is is a lot of sitting in one spot. That is like nine hours. Uh, Ten and a half to beat the base game and then an hour 40 to beat the DLC. Dang. Um, Have all of you guys played The Last of Us? Owen, have you played it? Well, as I don't have a PlayStation. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you played it on somebody else's. Who knows? Yeah, I, I have not. But I've heard so many things about The Last of Us in the past <laughs> week. Um, I will say, Alex said this two weeks ago, that had he have played this game before we did our Game of the Decade podcast, that his list may have changed. And I'm pretty sure I'm right there with him. Really? Uh, yeah. I think the game is absolutely solid. The character development over the story is incredible it may be some of the best character development i've ever seen in a game just watching um yep ellie and joel have a great dynamic yeah it's it's excellent and the dynamic with the other characters that start to interact with them and seeing like internal conflict in in joel is it's incredible it's very very well done i just Uh, like the part where they high five personally (laughs) (laughs) solid part uh, I will say that my favorite part actually was the DLC. Um, they kind of capitalize on some of Ellie's uh, past, which I think is cool. You don't really get any flashbacks in the past in the main game. And then they introduce some mechanics of uh, kind of putting two of your primary enemies against one another, which they did not do at all in the main game. You only ever faced either an infected horde or some soldiers. They were never together in the same spot. So pulling them together into one grouping and sort of using those tactics, sort of the tactics of avoidance you've been using in the past, but instead doing the opposite, like you're trying to attract the infected towards a soldier. It was really cool. Just like a nice little change. Um, but I, I was uh, just blown away by the game. I think it's absolutely incredible. I know, Alex, you've beat all of the second one at this point. So, Wow, spoilers. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, big spoilers. Oh, it, yeah, you're going mean- to talk here in a few minutes. The real spoiler is that it has an end. I didn't know. I thought it might be one of those always online situations. <laughs> but that's fine. Every game is games as a service now. It's games true. as a service. Everyone loves those. Um, let's move on. Jake, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing a few different things, but really all I want to talk about is the two I talked about last week. <laughs> uh, I've been playing more Witcher 3. I know I usually like Dunk on this game, but it is really, really good. Obviously, I'm like 70 hours in now. Uh, the quests, I think, are really good. I did one, I guess at this point, like two weeks ago, that was like a murder mystery quest. And I was just like, yeah, that quest slaps. It's so good. (laughs) Like, one of your, not party members, but like friends gets like attacked and you like gotta go investigate the crime scenes. You like investigate witnesses and you do autopsies. 
And like, what was most surprising to me was I wasn't right about who the person was. They like, they got me. I fell for it and I didn't know who it was. So just really good. I was just really and surprised that's by that. A side quest. Yeah. It's Did so they, yeah. incredible that that game just consistently has good writing throughout all of the content. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've been really, really enjoying it. Um, and then I did actually finish Resident Evil 7, and that game is actually amazing. If we're talking about games yeah. that might have made our game of the decade, that might have made mine. Really? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I really, that really good. liked it. Um, it's not perfect. About halfway through, it does kind of fall off, but it really, it kind of goes from like really like amazing, like one of the best things I've ever played, to just really, really good. <laughs> like once you hit the halfway point, you basically won. You just gotta play it some more. Mm. Uh, so Man. yeah, I really liked that game. You were so down on that when it came out. Yeah, well, that that freaking <laughs> basement part is very frustrating, especially if you haven't played well before that. Because mm-hmm. there's basically a part where they're like, "Hey, you gotta go in the spooky basement," and it's like spooky, right? And it's very narrow. And this is the first time they're like, "And there are these monsters you gotta kill." And if you don't have much ammo, they're gonna just kill you. And you might just get stuck, which is what happened to me the first time I played it. Um, playing a second time, I must have been playing very poorly because that part's really not that hard. But it did get me. Uh, I also want to mention the game has free DLC and it is dog shit. It's oh, really? Ter- oh, my Lord. I'm about to be excited. So <laughs> uh, it's called Not a Hero. And it's like if you finish Resident Evil 7, you're like, man. I wish this took place just in caves, starred the least interesting Resident Evil character imaginable, and was a first-person shooter. <laughs> then, like, man, they've, they nailed it. They got it for you. Literally, this game, this freaking DLC, I did the final boss, and as I killed him, the game crashed, and I just went, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that I'm done. And I uninstalled it. So, yeah, definitely play the game. Do not play the free DLC. There's it looks some like other there's a DLC. paid DLC too. Yeah, I don't. I mean, after the free DLC, I have zero interest in the paid DLC. Uh, but yeah, that's Resident Evil Seven. Uh, Owen. Uh, so I've I've played a lot. A lot of that is due to the fact that Steam had um a kind of like summer festival where they had a bunch of games on demo. So I played a bunch of different games on demo. Um, some of the highlights were uh, Breakpoint, which kind of felt like a Geometry Wars kind of thing. It looked cool. It was fun to play. Um, Cosmocrats, which was like a fun little, like, you build spaceships and stations in space by moving things around, and it's all Russian, and there's apparently cyborgs, and the end of the world. It's kind of interesting. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, there's also a puzzle game called Freshly Frosted, which you have to, like, take the donuts coming out of the oven and move them around conveyor belts to get fr- uh, frosting and sprinkles and so on, and the correct ones where to get to the end, um, which I thought was also kind of cool. And there was another game that I, uh, demo that I played that was Haven, and that one actually I thought mm. was really neat. Uh, it was... It's a, a two-player game that has a like the main 
story is about this couple that is on the run from I don't know what because they don't give you a lot during the demo. Um, but when you play it with someone else, the all of the dialogue options for them and you bounce back and forth. So like they can pick a different dialogue option and that'll unlock a different tree that you then have your options in. Is this uh, the game that has like the 60 second music video yes. intro? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's, that opening super is well so done. good. It, the, the soundtrack sounds super fucking awesome. The gameplay was super fun. I loved just like gliding around this very pretty world. Um, I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. It definitely, the, I, I read that the developers made it to be played with a, a like your significant other. Right. So yeah, it I'm, seems like that. Yeah, and so uh, I think it's really cool, and I'm gonna hopefully convince Allison to grab it, and we can play it together when it comes out. But it's um, made by the same people that made Fury. If you know that game, yep. So you know the music's gonna be amazing. Oh, yeah. Fury, Tom of Full Metal. And I don't know about the combat in Haven, though. There's a couple a, of little combat sections. That's not. Super what? interesting. I was going to say, what, what did you not like about it? Because I thought it was kind of like a a more interactive version of like your kind of JRPG combat. Like it felt like the Pokemon combat, but you actually can like time your moves to do more damage together. I don't know. It just didn't seem like you had a lot of options. You yeah, have you like have a four options in total. You can like punch them or you can like energy attack them. And you can do those together with your partner if you time it right. And then you can shield. And what would, I mean, that was it, right? Wasn't it? There's was four. I don't know. There's, four yeah, was, I was going to say I, there is distinctly four things that you could do, but I, I think it was maybe it was the fourth pacify. It was a pacify shield, pacify, like super yeah. punch and like quick or whatever. Yeah. I like, don't know. Maybe if it was faster, it just it drags. Mm-hmm. yeah i could see that i i don't know i i think that especially if you're trying to time things up with someone else being able to look at them and be like all right three two one like you know like kind of being able to have that but i understand if you're single player like that does drag because you're just waiting yeah also um, as their game that came after fury it doesn't even come close to the kind of yeah combat gameplay because Fury was like very technical action combat. Yeah. With like great mechanics. And as a follow up to that, it just doesn't seem like it's living up to it. Fair. I love the art and the music and the story seems cool. Yeah. Yeah. The characters seem cool. It seems it seems neat and I'm excited to actually see that game release. Um so nine demo games that I've been playing in the past two weeks. Uh, there was a Pokemon Cafe mix. Let me tell you something. Don't play it. You don't need to. It's bad. <laughs> I don't. It, yeah. What wow. is it on? It's, what is that? It's on Switch or your uh, oh, phone no slash tablet devices. It's all free. So it's not like I spent any money on it, which is why I played it. Uh, and it's like a weird puzzle thing where you basically just put your finger on the screen and then you just 
like basically you're like trying to match quote unquote like your pokemon there with other pokemon in the little box so you can make food for pokemon that are in your cafe but basically all you end up doing is just like swiping rapidly across the entire screen so that way everything connects and you try to get like your big combo points and uh, it was this sounds like Weird. a very so a mechanics heavy, immersive game uh, on your phone. It's, it's it was... an immersive sim. It's a flight <laughs> yeah. sim. It yeah. seemed mm-hmm. it seemed awful, and I put it down probably within an hour of playing it. I was an like, hour? This is... <laughs> you finger around the whole screen you, for an hour. You I held gave, on for a long time. I, I, I was gonna say I gave it. I Jeez. gave it a good college try before I was just bored out of my mind and went on to something new. Um. Uh, there it was a game that was free on Steam during all of those demos and things called Sky, and it's odd. It's fine. It was free. It was kind of a very relaxing flight game, and you would just fly around these uh, islands and try to find little things that were hidden and basically just run back and forth doing quests, because they'd be like, hey, go to this end of the island and fly in a circle or go in that end of the island and fly in a circle or race to this other island as fast as you can. It was okay. The I, I think that what really turned me off was that the um, controls were... It just felt very clunky as a flight game. And mm. it was like... You used all of three buttons and one joystick. And it, I, I don't know. I just... I, I wanted it to be a little bit more immersive of like having more controls so you could be able to kind of do more with the um uh with the plane than what you could do. But hey, it was it's free and it's relaxing. So if you're just trying to, you know, kill a couple of hours and breathe and uh, you know, get your mind off of Go play a short hike. Yeah, you know <laughs> any anything like that. Um Pokemon I, Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Definitely not that one. Um, I started playing Yakuza Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I get really, past the first cutscene. I really fucking <laughs> like it. How can you? Okay, first of all, the the first cutscene is like three hours long. Oh yes, <laughs> you're correct. Yeah, what the heck? Like, it's also like five different types of cutscene. Yeah. Yes, which That's that bothers part. me a bit. It's <laughs> really weird. What what hurt so much is I started the game. And then I was like, I was playing it Saturday morning, waiting for my girlfriend to wake up, and Allison wakes up, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, I guess I'm just going to close this game and come back to it. Mm. It auto-saves or something, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. Fun no. fact. So then I had to start the three-hour cutscene <laughs> over Great. again. You can probably skip fun. some of them. Oh, yeah, no. I, at that point, I was literally just, like, spamming through skip to get back to where I was uh, beforehand, but... Um, Otherwise, I like it. It's fun. Uh, you know, I really like playing uh, Majima so I can oh, just yeah. breakdance, kick people mm-hmm. in the face for yeah. forever. No, if the whole game was him, it would actually be a really, really good game. But yes. instead, it's just a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah, I I do dislike... It's very interesting because the mechanics of Majima, I like... 
but the story of him I didn't until like halfway through the game. I was like kind of like kind of skipping forward a bit because I was like, I don't really care about this dude in another town. Like, I want to get back to my dude who is in the Yakuza and is like trying to clear his dad's name and is like being framed. Like, let me get back to that story. Like, that was a cool story. And now I'm just like, wait, that story sucks. Majima's story is so much cooler. Yeah, it's fit. Majima's story is so weird because it's like, oh, dude, he's being punished by the Yakuza. So they gave him a nightclub to run. Yeah. And everyone that's... loves him and he's the coolest. And it's like, oh, a fate worse than death, I guess. Yeah, this this city is my prison. You know, I'm in prison running a nightclub and just being a fucking boss. Yeah, like a very successful nightclub. And he wears nice suits and he's got a cool eye fashion. It's like, I don't that seems pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, that seems better than prison, bruh. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, Jake, as someone else that has played this game, what did you think of the two um I don't want to call them mini games, but like the business operation games. The so the real estate is dumb and boring. Didn't really care about it. Goro's little uh, like nightclub. He like part of his story. He adopts like a baby nightclub, right? Am I remembering this right? Yeah, I haven't played yeah. this game in a while. It's really weird because he has a nightclub, but then he finds a different nightclub and he's like, "Okay, I own you too now. I'm just like gonna adopt you." And that one I thought was pretty neat. Um, it's not great, but I had fun with it. Yeah, it, it, it had some neat mechanics that I was like, oh, this seems fun. And then I quickly realized that the mechanics that I liked about it of like balancing everyone's happiness and trying to get the most money out of the customer and everything is the same exact mindset that I have when I'm playing uh, Planet Zoo or Planet sure. Coaster. And that is just a much better game to do those things. And I was like, oh. Yeah, let me go play those then. Mm. But I did think it was neat that it added those in. Um, I I would say the only drawback that I have of the entire game, it, it is ridiculously sexist. Like, wow. I cannot fathom half of the shit that they put into this game. And I'm just like, really? You, you put that in there and just thought it would be a good idea and that it just... I don't know. Maybe it's part of the thing of just like, you know, Japanese culture and that's just how they do yeah. things. But it's it, it, it. There was many times that I was like playing through parts or there were cutscenes that I was very uncomfortable sitting in my seat because I was just like, I don't like this. This is not good. This is this makes me feel very I mean, weird playing this. It's probably partly Japanese culture. And then also you're in the Yakuza. It's not necessarily the most stand up guys. That's like, and I kind of understood that of just being like, okay, the Yakuza are a bunch of slime balls, so of course they're gonna do like, you know, th shitty things. But there's also some of the stuff that like I just, there are some things that just they're there for what seems to be absolutely no reason and could have just been taken out with no effect to the storyline or the game. I'm thinking specifically of a point where there is a like yakuza captain who's dancing on this girl and like feeling her up in a club or whatever and then you like walk by and he's just like oh hey are you gonna join me in dancing with this girl and you're like nah i'm on the run from you and you have nothing that i want so i'm gonna leave and then he shoots the girl to prove zero point i mean like, he's, he's like the bad guy right you don't need to just 
aimlessly kill a woman in a video like for no absolute reason though like you already know he's the bad guy he's already done a lot of shady shit in front of you like i don't know he could have just fired the gun in the air or shot any other person that you could have had there he could have shot at you and been a threatening bad guy but instead he just kills an innocent woman for no reason i feel like it's different vibes though you know like they, they all establish different things you know what i'm saying I mean, I I get it a bit, but it also just seems like the entire reason it was they were just trying to, like, man-pain some shit and just being like, oh, yeah, we're just going to, like, abuse all of these women here and kill them all just so that way you as a player will feel something. And I was like, dude, you could just kill, like, anyone and I feel something as a player. You don't have to, like, always have it be like, oh, hey, let's beat up all of the, the sex workers because we can. Like, uh, it just didn't fit feel great as part of that. And uh, maybe some of the side quests have some better, um, you know, interactions. But the side quests that I did did not. I, I, I did one that was fine. I had to pretend to be someone's boyfriend. That was weird and interesting. The uh, one where you have to teach a dominatrix how to dom somebody was kind of fun, though. Great side quest. Love yeah, I was going to say, I was like, that was a fun side quest. And it didn't feel like I was demeaning someone by playing through it. I was like, all right, this is kind of interesting. I still feel like one of the best things from that game is karaoke. Oh, <sighs> Lord, yes. The fact that he, like, gets into this, like, 80s persona and is, like, on a stage and everything is just beautiful. I was playing it in my living room and my girlfriend like walks out and she's like, why are you so excited about karaoke? And then he like gets his like whole like eighties vibe on. And then she was just like, what the fuck is going on? This is amazing. And I, was like, I know. <laughs> um, I think the best thing is probably beating people with random office furniture. That mm. also is pretty satisfying. Yeah. I was going to say between the office furniture and the breakdance combos, like combat is fun. <laughs> I, I quite enjoy that. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to finish that up this weekend. But Yakuza 0, solid game. Uh, less a solid game that I've been playing. I mean, I consider it solid, but I know everyone hates it. I've been <laughs> playing some more Fallout 76. They updated no, it. They added more content. say it ain't so. You've been playing more of this game? Uh, yeah, they added a... Um, they added content? Se- they added a season pass to it. So it, you don't, mm-hmm. like get a chance to buy it like destiny or anything like that it's just literally kind of like the same kind of progression system as a season pass of just like hey if you play the game and get all of these points while you play the game you know you'll get all of this free gear and all of these other things that we've created and it's actually made the game a little bit entertaining in the end game it's made it a little bit better and literally every time you talk about this game you sell me on it so hard and actually this new content that they finally added Made the game like a little bit better. It's almost okay. It's, it's well, I, I think the first enjoyable. thing you said was a little bit fun. <laughs> it's it just seems Gosh. like a thing that like they definitely started. You know, I will not say that Fallout seventy six at the start two years ago. I mean, I thought it was at least somewhat fun, but it definitely had a lot of issues and a lot of problems. And they keep tweaking it here and there, and every single update, it just gets a little bit better, and a little bit better, and a little bit better. And I'm like, you know, eventually this is going to be a game that people will actually enjoy playing. I enjoy playing it. A lot of other people enjoy playing it. Some of the things 
I understand why the player base is upset with, and I'm just like, it's obvious that Bethesda didn't QA this shit, but, you know, they'll fix it in the next patch, and so it goes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Alex, what have you been playing? Speaking of Bethesda, you guys know it's been two years since they announced Starfield and the next uh, Elder Scrolls at E3? Yeah, sure. Are you like, I just, concerned about that amount of time? I won't see anything for another no, no, four no. Years. I just, I just know it's been like I didn't think it'd been that long already, and they've said literally nothing about Starfield still. I mean, well, how long did it take them? How long did it take CD Projekt Red to talk about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Like <laughs> six years. I mean, that's that's like that's equi- that's equating it to like the Elder Scrolls announcement because they announced Cyberpunk and they're like, but we're not really gonna do anything with this until we finish. The other game that we haven't released yet, which is The Witcher 3. Sure. And then we have to make two pretty large DLCs for that, support that for another couple of years. Then we'll start on Cyberpunk and then actually talk about it. So that's like them saying, we're doing Starfield first. Don't like, we're just going to say that we're working on an Elder Scrolls to shut you people up. <laughs> but we're really working on Starfield right now. We haven't really started it on Elder Scrolls yet. Hmm. I, I mean, to put it into some perspective, uh, Skyrim was announced on December 13th, 2010, and it came out in November 11th of 2011. So nope. you have about an 11-month gap. When uh, I think the, the key one is uh, Fallout 4. Wasn't it mm-hmm. only announced a few months before it came out? I, I feel like so. Fallout 4 was, was pretty quick, yeah. I feel like it was announced at E3 and then came out fall of that year. If I remember correctly, but yeah, I mean, I'm expecting maybe we get Starfield info next year and it comes out like 2022 and then another five years after that, we get Elder Scrolls. So like 2027. I mean, it's obvious that their A team isn't working on 76, so they gotta be (laughs) up to something. Gosh. (laughs) Uh, I just think it's such a vast amount of time. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that I saw that it was two years already. Um, yeah, I've been playing a bunch of stuff. Um, most important ones probably Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I can't. I've been saying that this podcast is going to be weird for me because there's a lot I want to say about this game, but it's just all spoilers. So I'll just say that. Do you like it? It's good. I, I I would say it's a masterpiece, in my opinion. I think it is incredibly unique. They do something I've never seen in a video game before. And maybe it exists somewhere else, but I've never seen it done before. And I think they succeed. And it is something special. So in terms of... So what 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 was your what was your question? Uh, I was just gonna say, there's a lot of like kind of hate about this game. Yeah. I haven't I haven't read a lot because I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Yeah, like I, I know the plot leaked a while back. Yeah, and that's Do when you, everybody started hating it. Yeah, is it just that? Because I know there was also like a lot of like homophobic type stuff. Because like Ellie's gay? Question yeah. mark. I think. Yeah. So like I I don't that's I have no sense of where the, the hate one. is coming yeah, from. Yeah, that's that's established in the DLC from the first game. Yep. Yeah. Um but I mean I, there's a a little bit of hate that I think is from 
insensitive people that just don't like it because she's gay or don't like it because of whatever SJW propaganda they think is in the game. That's sure. kind of BS, I think. Um, and that's not really the main criticisms that people hate it for. Okay. So there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff in the game that I think are legitimate criticisms, and I can see why people would think it's not a good game, but I don't agree with them. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and it's mostly all plot related, related, which is why people started hating it when the plot got leaked. What? What's weird to me about that is like, Last of Us One. If you're talking just strict plot. Yeah. Last of Us 1 is these two guys go to a place and they go to a different place mm-hmm. and they go to a different place. Like the plot doesn't get up to much. Right. It's the characters. Yeah. Yeah. So like a plot outline dropping, like who the fuck it's, cares? Yeah. It, it And it's what the plot says about the characters. That's really the. I see. Okay. The issue. Gotcha. 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 Um. Yeah. And I, I, I can see where people that hate it come from. I just don't. I'm not on their side. I think it's kind of brilliant. Hmm. And I can see all the reasons that they did all the things in the game. So without spoiling anything at all, that's that's <laughs> what you get. Sounds things I can good. say about the game without spoilers. Um, the combat is, is basically the first game's combat, but straight improved. Like the AI nice. is better. They give you more options to play with. Uh, you can go prone now, which... Seems like a dumb thing to list, but can actually add a lot to the the way the combat plays out. Um, because there's like there's like tall grass sections where you can prone through it, and and uh, it's harder for people to see you in that. And there's a bunch of spots where you can like go underneath cars, um, which seems cool. Like you would just be perfectly safe under a car, but also the AI is good enough that they like occasionally check under vehicles. And there's definitely a few times where I got like jump scared because somebody had flanked behind me somehow and literally ripped me out from underneath the vehicle by my foot. Oof. That's it's very, cool. very awesome. Um, the combat is way, I think it's even more brutal than the first game. Like the impacts feel insane and it's was- just like, I was actually going to say, I saw an article that The Atlantic posted that's titled The Last of Us Parts 2 Tests the Limit of Video Game Violence. Yeah, it is It is sometimes hard to play. Also, as much as I want to give the game a 10 out of 10, it's actually a 0 out of 10 because they force you to kill dogs in it. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Every game with the dog death is a 0 <laughs> for you. You're ridiculous. They, there are dogs on the enemy's side that will come and attack you. And you are forced to brutally murder the dogs. Have you tried befriending them? <laughs> there are other parts of the game and... where you get to pet the dogs. It's mm. so it tugs on your heartstrings so much that you can like one of the first things you do in the game is pet a dog. There's like a dog that just comes up to you and you pet it. And then later in the game, you brutally murder dogs. <laughs> and there's it's another tough. part in the game where you can play fetch with a dog and you can do it as long as you want. The dog will just keep on bringing the ball back to you. You brutally murder any of the dogs that you pet and or play fetch with. Uh, I don't know. I think that's spoiler territory, actually. That's that's fair. All right. Um, Sorry, the only other question I have is, do you like it more than the first one? That's hard to say. It's it's got a different vibe. Um, 
in terms of playing the game, I like it better. Mm. Like it is just an improved experience in gameplay. Uh, the story is different enough that I don't know that they can be compared. Um, gotcha. I think overall I might rate it a little bit less than the first game just because it's a sequel and like you've seen a lot of what it has to offer already in the first game. Distract part two. So. But also, I mean, they, they do a, a, enough different stuff that it's totally worth playing. Also, it's a lot longer than the first one, which has also been a point of criticism that games are getting too long. T- to the point that they're too long. But I don't think that's the case in this in this case. Also, you can play something like The Witcher 3 for 70 hours and consistently be entertained by all the quests that they give you. I mean, I don't, I don't think... Games are too long is a valid argument. I think there. Sorry, not to jump into this, but like there are definitely games that are too long. They're like the first yeah. Bioshock. Yeah. Yes. You reach a point where it's like, wow, what a good game, and then it keeps going for like another hour or two, and it's kind yeah. of dog shit after that. <laughs> games <laughs> can be too long if they're not properly paced. Sure. But I don't think saying a general. Games are games are too long nowadays. Is yeah, like a valid point of criticism. I would say it also depends on like how the game is built because like Yakuza has the ability that you can just kind of mainstream through all of the campaign stuff and get through that and you don't do a lot of the side quests or you know spend 14 hours managing your club. And you know, I feel like that you know, if you do all of that extra stuff, you're playing like a 200 hours sim game. But because I'm not doing any of that, I'm probably going to beat it under 20. So it's just like a drastically different of like, well, I guess, mm. you know, if you enjoy it, you can put as much time into it as you want. You know, it, it, but I think having the ability to play it quicker, if that's what you want, is a thing that should be there. So that way you don't like necessarily have to do all of the side stuff to get your ending or whatever and do you know spend 200 hours in it that if you want to just spend 20 30 hours beat the game enjoy the game that you had beaten and then you know move on to the next one that you can um i'd also think about the pacing of the game is like sometimes games like i'm thinking again specifically yakuza here uh just because it's what i've been playing recently of just like how there are parts of that game that could be done within 30 seconds because it's just like, oh, I walked outside and I'm going to fight that guy. That guy is going to want to fight me. And instead, I have a good 15 minute cutscene explaining mm. the fact that I'm going to fight this guy. And I was like, I already know I'm going to fight him. Just let me fight that dude. Like, I don't need 15 minutes of us going back and forth. They're just being like, oh, you think you're hot shit, huh? Yeah, I'm totally hot shit. I'm going to go Super Saiyan now. Oh, you're going to, I'm going to go Super Saiyan. Ah, 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 our power levels. Ah. Like, it's very just like, Jesus Christ, I hate it so much sometimes because it's there's, like. There's Super Saiyans in that game? They might as fucking well be when they just sit there and glowing and they're just like, oh, I swear to God, Jake. Please, please tell me if I'm wrong here. How many times do I have to fucking fight Kuze? Because I'm tired times. of fighting Kuze. Like, I have beaten that man three times, and my character still hasn't killed him for whatever god fucking reason. And I'm just like, god he damn it. Kill. He's a good guy. <sighs> Literally, the game starts with him beating the shit out of someone and curb stomping him, and then he dies later, and he's like, that couldn't have been me. That's impossible. 
<laughs> I just beat his skull in with a pipe. That could not have been me who did yeah. that. I, 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 it's just one of those things. I'm just like, man, I, I wish I could fight any other boss than the same dude I've been fighting. I don't know, dude. The part where he shows up on a motorcycle and fights you in the sewers with a pipe is pretty hype because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, and then he finds me in the street later, and I gotta fight him again. I was like, dude, just let me fight one of the other, like, main Yakuza bosses there, instead of just continuously beating this one single dude to a fucking pulp, which I've proven since the beginning of the game, that I can beat him to a fucking pulp. Man. The last was part two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Good game. Sorry about that. Uh, Yeah. It's the last thing I'll have to say about it is just uh, in terms of production quality, it's one of the best games uh, in terms of graphical fidelity that I've ever seen. Um, lighting's insane. The music is like incredibly poignant to like the the times it just like swells up in into your into your gameplay. It's just like oh, this is perfect. How did how did you pick this spot to put this music piece? Um, there's some sections where you're just like in this dark dingy, like dingy part and then it, like there's fire and like the way the lighting interacts with that stuff is crazy so just top notch production which I mean you would expect from Naughty Dog but yeah um, I also played some other stuff uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider I played yeah, all the way through that game that beat new? it that just came um, out new game <laughs> brand new video game I don't know after I don't know. I just wanted something that I could just like cruise through easily after I Last of Us. I was about to say nice something something simple yeah. where you don't have to kill any dogs. I did not have to kill any dogs in Shadow of the Tomb Raider actually. It's a fairly short game. It took me like 12ish hours to beat or something like that. You got to kill wolves, don't you? Mm, that's the first game. Yeah. Um I don't think I liked this one very much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What, it, did you like the other ones? I like the first one. I I wasn't too into the second one either. I don't mm. remember much about the second one. I remember really liking the first one. They try to make it like a semi-open world game. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, why does every game have to be an open world game? Yeah. <laughs> so then I started I started mainlining everything, and it keeps on putting you back in these hubs where there's like all these people with side quests and everything, and they they want you to run around this little open world section. And I'm like, no, just let me do the tomb. You have to like climb up to a tall thing to look around and like see all of the little open worldness. <laughs> it doesn't and actually then, have that. And then jump <laughs> down into a wagon of hay. Uh, uh, it doesn't actually bad. have that mechanic, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like the actual mainline game, it's it's like pretty short. It seems kind of abrupt. It's I don't think the story is that great. The stuff that Laura does is just so unfathomably like impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the the times that you have to jump to stuff and like just throw your ice pickaxe thing and it just happens to land in a spot that's going to support your weight. It's so like there's parts where you're on an overhang where you're basically climbing at like a 90 degree angle like perpen- or parallel to the ground underneath this thing and then you have to jump from that to another one how do you do that 
That's so stupid. You you be lawyer Croft. That's how you do it. And there's parts where like you're you're with uh your friend like this whole game. What's his name? Jonas. Jonas. Yeah. Yep. You're with him like the whole game. He just like shows up at parts and you're like, cool, we're chatting, whatever. And then there'll be like a section where it's like, go, Laura, I'll be fine. I'm going to go over here. And then the entire world breaks apart and you're doing this elaborate, like jumping through this disaster. And I'm like, Jonas is dead. He's so, <laughs> he's so dead. And then like, you get to the end of it and he's just like there somehow. And it's like, no, there's no way that you lot that you lived through that. I don't, I don't know. And then okay, the really weird part about this game is that so I tried to do the stuff with that. You always talk about Aaron, where you turn on like the native language. Oh stuff, man. Yeah. But it doesn't change her language. Laura's. Yes, language. She always responds in English. It's very she always weird. responds in English. So there's people talking like an ancient language, and you're just like, "Yeah, what's up, mate?" <laughs> and they're like responding. There's a part in the game where you put on a disguise, and you're gonna <laughs> go into this like area that's protected by these guards, and you figured out the password, right? So you walk up to these guards, and they're like, "Foreign language, foreign language, foreign language," asking you for the password, and you're like. Uh, yeah, the password's this in English. And they're like, all right, all right, cool. Let her through. <laughs> it's so strange. It is strange. I'll give you that. Overall, it just kind of feels like um, bad Uncharted. It's, it's bad Tomb Raider is what it is. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, I also finished Blood and Wine. Finally, so I'm done with all of The Witcher 3. You're done with your weird diet? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I know. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's really good, Jake. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah, the title makes a lot more sense after playing through it, actually. Believe it or not. And um, it's very cool. They're, both of the DLCs do unique things that are very awesome and then also i think the coolest thing about the dlcs is they both have several boss fights that actually have mechanics unlike the entire rest of the game yeah. where like you have to actually figure out like oh like i need to well i'm not gonna say anything specific because spoilers but like there's mechanics that you have to figure out for a fight to like finish it which is cool i don't know i also played a bunch of steam demos um notably i played ghost runner again same demo yeah, that they did at pax nice. yeah uh i played through that like five times in a row just because it's cool <laughs> do you remember when we were playing that at pax and we realized it was like this bullet deflection right that's what we like yeah. learned yeah like, we were you can playing swipe that just trying to, yeah it's just trying to dodge and then you can just reflect bullets and we're like wow all of a sudden this has become so much easier it's actually not as easy as it made it seem because I was trying to do it a bunch when I was playing the demo. Hmm. It's easier to just dodge. Um, but yeah, I was just like playing that, trying to improve my time to get through the thing. Also playing that on a actual good system with a mouse. That's not like laggy and like a frame rate that holds up. Very <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, the other notable one I played what was it called? A Shady Knight, which is like a first person uh, melee action game 
where you're like going through these towers uh, and fighting these um, uh, there's like spiders and people and the swords and stuff and you're just like this dude that's super fast and you can like jump a lot and there's like a kick button so you're like kicking people off the tower or like you can do stuff like throw your sword and then like if you see a sword on the ground you can like kick it into the air and then kick it at somebody there's a lot of like stylish stuff you can do it's pretty fun uh caleb last but not least what have you been playing yeah well i missed all those steam demos because we were on our trip unfortunately (laughs) but while we were on our trip i played a game on switch i haven't played my switch in a while i played this game called evan's remains which i kickstarted imagine that uh, but it's uh, it was an interesting little puzzle game. I think I use puzzle game lightly because the puzzles are very easy and there's mm. not very many of them. They're kind of there just to give some sort of gameplay so that the people can tell the story they want to tell in the game, which pretty good story. That, that part was good, but puzzles, nah. Uh, but I, I don't know if you're into interesting storylines. It does some interesting stuff with... Like, what you know and what the character knows are different. It's, I don't know, that's some interesting stuff there. I've also played played this game called Skull, which is a roguelike. It has a subtitle, but I always forget. Oh, uh, roguelike? Yeah, I know, right? It's a little roguelike. Weird. You're playing as a skeleton. You gotta go, oh, that, you gotta go kill the hero. It's Skull the Hero Slayer. That's the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remembered. We got it. <laughs> They gotta go kill this uh, big hero, and the way you progress through the game, you you pick up items and stuff like that. Normally, like a roguelike, but you also pick up new skulls, and you put on a different skull, and you like get a new set of abilities and a new look. So you put like on a jester skull, and now you got like a jester hat, and you throw knives and you toss little uh, jack in the boxes that explode. It's got some pretty interesting stuff, or like I guess sort of classes in that system. But there's not a whole lot of the stuff I really like in roguelikes where you're like building up a bunch of different passives that work really cool together and give you like an OP run. There's not much of that. One that a game that does have a bunch of that, Undermine. I've also been playing that. Another roguelike. This one no way. is actually basically just Binding of Isaac with a uh, treasure, like a like a what's the game Splunky, like a Splunky theme. Hmm. And you're like delving through caves for treasure. Well, it's got all of the things you want from Binding of Isaac, the massive OP combos that you build up over time. And it is uh it's pretty tough and it's got a lot of content. I've made it through down six maybe floors and I I've played like 20 hours of it. So it's got a lot there. Gameplay is similar to Binding of Isaac, like it's a, it's melee top down, and it's yeah, it's top down and it's melee. It's melee instead of ranged, but otherwise pretty similar. With a minor got like the devil room. Every floor has a treasure room. There's a bunch of secret rooms. Got all the same same pieces. Since you mentioned the like dungeon delving roguelike with OP combos, uh, Neon Abyss actually comes out in two weeks. Nice. That's they exciting. finally had a release date for that game. So and that game was super fun at PAX. Yep. 
Uh, the last thing I've been playing is uh, I went back to Superland because they released a DLC. Well, they release a DLC tomorrow. For some reason, I have access to it already, so I've been playing it. You don't know what that's it on about. Kickstarter? Nope. <laughs> sure. So. Pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing that. I 100% of it, except for one achievement, which I don't know how to finish. Almost there. Uh, but yeah, it comes out tomorrow. It's like uh, a third, maybe a third to a half of the playtime of the original game. And it's just as good. It was a lot of fun. Speaking of DLCs, did you end up playing the Butcher's Circus? No. I don't want to play a <laughs> PvP version of Darkest, Darkest Dungeon. Dungeon. <laughs> that sounds awful. Who asked for this? No, no one. one. No one would ask for that. <laughs> also, I've heard it's awful mainly because of RNG. Because you have that thing where no. there's a there's a when you are at zero health and you take damage, there's like a chance you die and a chance you don't. Mm. You can lose strictly on that. I mean, that does make sense. <laughs> when you lose all your health, you die? Yeah, it does kind you of You can get sense. hit like six times in a row and keep getting death doored, and then you hit the enemy and they're at zero, they just die. And it's like, well, sorry, bad luck for you, I guess. RNG. Yeah, it's, it seems awful. I don't know who wanted it. I'm sure they playtested it. Everybody <laughs> loved it. Uh, speaking of playtesting things, of course, you know that we go to PAX every year. Uh, we went right before the pandemic, or actually really right when it was starting. About the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To Boston, where the first couple cases had entered the United States, other than Seattle. Um, but news from PAX, uh, they're actually going to change for their two upcoming uh, versions, which is PAX West and PAX Oz. They're both going online. So they're going to have a new PAX Online thing, convention, that is... Free and over to the public, so no badges. Uh, tons of panels, and apparently they're going to do it 24-9 because it's nine days of 24-hour streaming. Sure. You also 24-9. They realize 24-7 doesn't mean it's only seven days. <laughs> it is seven days a week, but that's fine. <laughs> no, PAX is nine days a week, obviously. That's freaking right it is. Uh, I think the other neat thing is is that they're going to have a way that you would demo everything from the show floor at home. Which I think is just, I mean, I... I similar think, to the Steam thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's similar mm-hmm. to the Steam thing, and it uh, reminds me of uh, what Jake said a couple podcasts ago about how when he went to PAX, he was waiting in line, and then the developer was just like, hey, do you want me to just email you a code and you can play this at oh, home? yeah. And Jake was like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> and that is what we all get to do now is that exact thing of just everyone just going to be like, here, download this thing or here's where all of the demos will be. And you can download them as you want and play them and check them out. And I'm just like, fucking A. That's great. I love this. That seems really cool. I'm excited about doing demos from PAX in my yeah, house. I- I, I honestly feel like that's going to be like a fun week that we're all just going to be texting each other and just be like, oh, hey, did you play, play the demo for blah, blah, blah? And just kind of bouncing demos back and forth of just things to check out because there's yeah, going to be I'm, a lot of stuff there. I'm going to text somebody, hey, did you guys sign up for the alpha for due process? <laughs> and Caleb will be like, oh, I kickstarted that. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? that what, what's that one game that never came out that Chad kickstarted? <laughs> Pray uh, for the gods. Pray to the gods. Pray, yeah. pray for the gods. I, I think it's an early access on Steam. Uh, now. It is in fact an early A-E-Y. access. Mm-hmm. 
Crazy. Uh, in other news, uh, Microsoft's successful streaming platform, <laughs> uh, Mixer, closing I down on July 22nd. Uh, I think they sold entire their entirety to Facebook Gaming. Um, and so they're closing down. So And they're gone. I mean, mm-hmm. the important thing is that they gave like a billion dollars to Ninja and Shrek. <laughs> yeah. That's really all that matters. Like six months ago. Yeah. I, I, I cannot fathom the fact that they didn't think to put anything in the contracts of just being like, hey, and if somebody happens to buy our company or we move, that you're still under contract. No, they, they just... didn't get bought out. They are shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. That's different. It's, it's, it's weird because they... They paid Ninja and Shroud so much up front. And so then much. they gave them the option to opt out of moving over to Facebook. Yeah. And they did, which means that they got their full payment from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And now they can renegotiate their contracts with whoever they want. Which is they crazy. Actually, like numbers came out too. They paid Ninja like $30 million. I don't... And they paid Shroud like $10 million, which I thought that was really interesting because Shroud's following is not that much smaller than Ninja's. <laughs> and he got $20 million less dollars. I wonder if Shroud <laughs> feels bad He's probably after calling seeing those numbers. I feel like it, it also may just maybe a recognition thing in a, uh, you know, who's your, um, who's your agent and what they can yeah, no, negotiate out of it. A negotiation yeah. thing. Yeah, I can't I, imagine I, he feels bad getting paid ten million dollars for a year of work. Yeah, for basically Less not than. For basically doing nothing for waiting for Mixer to die. Yeah, yeah. he can't feel too bad. Oh, guess I'm going to go back to Twitch now. See you, everybody. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> uh, speaking of Twitch, let's talk about Amazon for a second. Um, they launched Crucible in May, mm-hmm. and now it's going back into closed beta. What? As, yep. of, as of two days Wait. ago. Yes. What? Okay. okay. We, back this up. You're telling me that they released a game. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they said, nah, fam, it's not ready yet. And then just like brought it back so they can work on it some more. Yoinked it back e- to close beta. Yep. yep. It, but people paid money for this game already. No. It was free. No. Oh, it was free. It was free. Okay, it was free. Okay, okay. Also, well, I mean, people could have paid money because there's like cosmetics and stuff you can buy. But everybody right. that already has access to the game still has access to it if you want to try to play it now though you can't if you haven't played it before got you so (laughs) no new people we're going to make this exclusive and you have to watch someone playing crucible on twitch in order to get a key to get into the beta for crucible (laughs) right no that's not what we're doing uh that's a good joke but no good valorant joke right there uh (laughs) No, they they had already previously pulled two modes out of this game. I don't know if you guys knew about that. They started with three modes. They pulled the battle royale esque one, the the two v two v two v two whatever. They pulled that one out, and they pulled the eight v eight mode out. So they just had the four v four going. Didn't you say that the eight v eight mode was like chaos, anyways? Yeah, it's pretty not great. I actually really liked the the two v twos with Chad. Just just me and Chad playing that one. Pretty chill. Um, the the one that they kept is probably what should be the main mode, though. It has the most unique design and the most interesting kind of stuff going on. So they're just I, wanting to improve it, I guess. I don't know. 
I'm glad they didn't just like leave it out there and they're like, no, 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 no. You guys just keep playing this game. We'll improve it over the period of like, I don't know, five years. years. Eventually we'll (laughs) add some content that people like. We'll put NPCs in it so you can have other things to shoot at and you'll like it. I don't know. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fairly solid, but I guess it it just didn't catch on. Yeah. A little lackluster, I guess. Yeah. What do you think, Caleb? Caleb's played a bit with me. Sorry, I was distracted. No. Were you playing a roguelike? No. Distracted during the podcast. (laughs) He was was kickstarting a roguelike. There's a difference. What did you think of Crucible? Crucible's pretty fun. I enjoy the 4v4 mode a lot. Yeah. I don't know how the other modes, they they weren't great, which I guess is fine because they're going away. Yeah, they got pulled out. We're talking about uh, Crucible's gone back into closed beta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I got that. I just missed the very last piece. It, you, Kev, I don't know if you know. Nice we're doing a actually, podcast. So, <laughs> it'd be nice to actually play four v with, with like a team of four, an actual team of four, instead of two randos who you can't communicate with in any way. Yeah. Except oh, yeah, for some no light pings. In-game chat. It would have been nice if any of my other friends wanted to play with me. Yeah. Even the ones that said, oh yeah, I'll try that game, and then refused to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know who that is. Who I downloaded it, and then... Everyone seems super lackluster on it, so then I uninstalled, and now it sounds like I can't play it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. If you download it, you might be able to re-download it. I don't know. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to look into it. <laughs> uh, I did want to also mention in video game news, there's been some speculation that uh, for the first time in 15 years, the base cost price for video games is going to go up by Yay. 10 bucks. Good. Um, good? Is that good? Good. Eh, you sure? Yeah, no, I think that if you're going to be able to raise the base price of games, because I I talked about this on a podcast several months ago, probably almost a year ago, I feel like. But I talked about the fact that basically the core cost of games hasn't risen in forever. And yeah. because of that, if you look at like it next to inflation, basically a what used to be a like a $60 game back in the early 2000s like you know is like almost a $100 game now and that's why a lot of the things that like games come out so hacked up and have DLC and all the other pay models and things with it is because in order to try to like make any sort of money like they used to be able to be like okay cool we put all this time in you know we're expecting to be able to pay these people this much money and be able to get this out of it that you know we have to increase the price now to get it to that same point see I do I do get your perspective but the issue I have with that is though that in the past people produced it on a disc where you did not have, or a, a cartridge, where you did not have an ability to necessarily update your game on a regular basis. So it kind of had to be complete. It couldn't be choppy and partial and alpha. You know, you're, like, you're shipping a full game. But that, whereas now, it's just kind of like, well, I, we'll just go ahead and release it. We'll just call it early access. It'll be in early access for five years. We'll just have a bunch, whole bunch of people play test it and incrementally update it. Okay, obviously we're not talking about early access games. We're talking about AAA yeah. releases that you're come out. You're talking about like Assassin's Creed, so and so, and to be able Fallout to have seventy six. You're not going to have a, an early access title at the sixty dollars price point. Okay, I don't right. necessarily mean early. I'm just saying in general, they can release games a lot earlier because they still have the ability to patch them right significantly. 
There's some things that have changed since $60 was the norm. Digital is way more of a thing now, so it actually costs them less to release a game Mm -hmm. because they just do it online. They don't have to pay for... Well, they still have to give copies to GameStop. Yeah, they still have to give copies to GameStop. But I'll be willing to bet that the number of physical discs that they make for games nowadays is way less than what it used to be. So that's got to be a cost reduction. And PS5, they have a version that doesn't even have a disc drive. Yeah. So I mean, I think they're just doing that to try to make people not buy used games. But I mean, that's a different argument entirely. That's the other thing is that I mean, like we just touched on, there's all these other pay models nowadays. So every game that release, every AAA game that releases has like the sixty dollar game that you can get of sure. But if you pay ten more dollars, you get this special costume for your character, or if you get the hundred dollar version, you get this figure that can sit on your you know nightstand or you and, have to pay of a, a you know a, a season pass fee so and that you got the you season can, pass yeah yeah like i i feel like if you can tell me like hey we're gonna raise this thing up to 70 dollars but because of that you don't have to deal with all of the other pay models you just pay 70 dollars and you have that the is, game that is that absolutely not, not the what they're gonna do that, that is the problem and, and, and that is that is the thing that i would be sad about it is because i don't mind spending more money up front if it means i don't have to deal with shit later no because they, they've figured out the ways to get the money they need to get without increasing the base price of games right so they i mean it's just weird that they're gonna try to do it now if you honestly think EA is going to say, oh, no, we charge a little bit more, so we don't need to do <laughs> loot boxes anymore. Like, we're good. We have enough money. Hey, one person's got to ruin it for everybody. That's just kind of how it works. Yeah. And that person will be EA. <laughs> it Historically, it has been. <laughs> At least they know their job in the current market. It's like, don't worry, guys. We'll fuck this up for everyone else. One last thing here in uh, video games before we jump into some other stuff. Um, actually, a couple of which are video game related. But uh, Pokemon. Looking yeah. at a MOBA? Yeah, Pokemon's getting a MOBA. They, they announced last week that they're making a game called Pokemon Unite. And it'll be a MOBA. And why, yeah. I do not fucking know. It seems like the weirdest move. No, dude. MOBAs are super relevant. <laughs> like, Everybody's playing MOBAs right now. Circa two years ago? Yeah. Hey, see, are you the... sure this is not a battle royale? Maybe they, <laughs> no. they messed up the terms. That's, that's, that's gonna <laughs> Maybe be Aaron like, works for... at the Pokemon company I... and he was like... That's probably what happened. <laughs> I do <laughs> remember getting a letter like six weeks ago and they were like, what should we title it? I didn't even know who it was, but I just wrote MOBA on it because I thought, mm-hmm, that's what it is. 100%. It's a MOBA. I, I think if you just uh, give them three years, they'll make a battle royale and also probably a roguelike. Just to, mm-hmm. you know, jump I'm on. not upset about that trend. Yeah, <laughs> it just it just seems like such a weird thing, and they were like really trying to pump it up, and apparently it was like disliked like crazy in the first 24 hours. Like the trailer was disliked uh, insane in the first 24 hours. It was up on YouTube. Uh, and they were just like, why does nobody like this? And it's like, well, why did anyone ask for a Pokemon MOBA? <laughs> nobody like, wants that. Yeah, maybe five cool. years ago, I would have been somewhat intrigued. But now I super just don't care. Like, it just give me the Lord original the 150. MOBA? Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good old, yeah, good old franchise MOBAs. That's what we need. 
Yeah. Uh, do you remember the DC Universe one? Did, uh, Infinite Crisis? Not at all. No. I didn't know that was a thing. You yeah. could play as like the Joker or Batman, and it was a MOBA. Man, I thought you were going <laughs> to bring up the <laughs> MMO DC that they did that I don't even remember the name of. No. DC Heroes Online? I always forget. What, yes. What yeah, I think, I think you're I think Something you're like that? It. Yeah. I think those are at least all the words. I don't know if I said them in the right order. I think what a Pokemon MOBA could be online. cool. Hmm. Like, give me the original 150 in a roster. That's a lot of fucking characters. <laughs> and, and like, uh, Mewtwo put is us on the best map. one. Yeah, whoever picks Mewtwo first wins. <laughs> wins. Win. Mewtwo has a passive. Mewtwo wins the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I it seems weird uh, if it is super cheap and or free. Uh, it's going to be free for sure, um, right? Probably. I would think so. If it's free, I'll check it out. Otherwise, although I'm, that I, Lord of the Rings one was not free. That's if true. I remember correct, correctly. I think you're right. You had to pay for that garbage. Mm hmm. It was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of Pokemon things, though, they did finally announce a sequel to Pokemon Snap. They did. Which, yeah. why did it take so long? <laughs> Like, like everyone I, likes Pokemon Snap. I read somewhere that the reason it took so long was because they didn't realize how much people wanted another Pokemon Snap. They're like, oh, we didn't think there was a large community for this game. And I was just like, where did you hear that from? That's like Pokemon Snap is one of the like games that you buy if you have an N64. It's like, okay, I've got my Super Mario 64, you know, Pokemon Snap, I got my Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. It's like, it's it's up there in, like, the first five to ten N64 games that you own. So... I just, I don't... I Wikipedia'd it. By the end of 1999, it sold over 1.5 million copies. Mm -hmm. Generally favorable reviews. It's like a classic. And, like, Caleb, correct me if I'm wrong, since you know all about making video games... Making a Pokemon Snap game has to be the easiest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> I imagine so, yeah. It's yeah. a it's a rail shooter where yeah. you don't even have to deal with damage. I like I it boggles my mind. It's gotta be so easy to make these. It, it's, it's certainly easier than like most like, put it in VR. Yeah. Especially do a lot of stuff. All we need is more VR rail shoot on rail shooters. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like especially hey, since there's... Pokemon Snap will be legit, okay? Mm. Come at me. Mm. It would be good. Yeah, I was going to say, if I have like a <laughs> Whalmer coming up to me in VR, I will enjoy, well, shitting my pants. That'll be uh, terrifying. Let's... Hey, let's real, no, what? wait, real quick, what? I have a different one. Okay. Speaking of late to the party, Ubisoft just announced a Battle Royale game. Oh, God. <laughs> Ubisoft, no. come on, man. It's called Hyperscape. I just wanted to put that in there. Oh, great. Oh, now I'm imagining sure it'll be it's great. got like the tribes ascend kind of. It just mobility. Hyperscape. Yeah. Oh, Hyperscape. Hyperscape. Yeah, did you think I said Hyperscape? Yeah, I did. Escape. I'm so ready to fly hyperscape. across these maps. There are two, maybe three battle royales. And then after that, it's just all garbage. I thought it was funny that they waited this long. Freaking yeah. A. To try to get into the game. Ubisoft. Gosh, they're always on top of things. Yeah, so no, team behind Siege. It could, be, it could be good. Could be good. You know. It looks more like Apex. Mm. 
Um, let's step out of games here for a second and kind of phase over into some film-related things. Uh, there has been somewhat of a trend over the past couple of years with uh, companies who are just producing TV and movie adaptations of video games, uh, some of which are very well done, others of which are just steaming piles of garbage. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have really great things like Castlevania. We have um, The that's Witcher. It. Yep. Did you just say uh, that's it? I was really yeah. hoping you were going to blank entirely. <laughs> wow. No, also, yeah, Witcher's pretty good. As far as movies um, go, we've had... Uh, the Witcher's more based on the books and the games, really. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, Castlevania's like the one. <laughs> That's yeah, it. okay. All right, fine. There's one. There's only one, guys. One game. But now there are more companies who are like, hey, we really want to produce something that's like a TV adaptation or a movie adaptation of some video game that people have played and they're familiar with. So Assassin's recently announced. Creed the movie. Oh, God. That was so good. Not. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Gosh, that's so bad. Uh, recently announced, though, Amazon Studios announced they're going to be producing a. Uh, Fallout TV series from the Westworld creators. So if it's got any, any, any of the content, any of the quality of what Westworld is, it could be very good. But if yeah. it brings over anything from Fallout 76, probably as, would be not good. As much as I love Fallout, uh, I don't have a lot of high hopes for this. Uh, because H HBO I is doing a Last of Us series. <laughs> Gosh, uh, that's probably gonna be good. We're <laughs> busy guess. talking about Fallout right now. <laughs> I'm Alex. sorry. It's just I, it's gonna be better than Fallout. <laughs> I feel I feel like the Last of Us series is gonna be a lot easier for them to hit and make well because you can hit the tone of it better. Whereas I feel like the Fallout tone is gonna be a little weird to hit for a TV show mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you have to be like, all right, you know, we've got to make it, you know, the the post-apocalyptic dark and foreboding um with just a hint of like that like the vault boy like comic kind of the weird like, comedy yeah, yeah like the weird com like like 50s comedy kind of thing and i just i don't know how you're gonna land that tone if there is anyone that can do it i will trust the Westworld folks to do that so i'm like hey i think they're building at least a decent team at least it's not uh fucking D D. so like <laughs> i was just about to say what if it's D? &D? yeah if, uh. if they if they had D D there i feel like this would automatically be the worst thing in the world but they, they at least have like good directors so i was like hey you've got some good directors there's a lot of lore in places that you can go with this you can easily make something interesting like i feel like it'd be very funny to see um hollywood portrayed in the tv like make it kind of like a on the nose thing of their like you know being tv and everything's about you know hollywood but that's like where the vault is and yeah i i like i feel like that would be kind of a a good start and you could have some fun with it but i just feel like i said i to get that tone of somewhat funny and entertaining but also still being really dark is going to be a very tricky balance because otherwise you're either going to too easily end in a like uh um a post-apocalyptic just kind of like oh everything's awful and everything's bad and there's like n the jokes don't land well or you're gonna land on like the too campy side of it that it's just gonna be like just 
oddly funny and just kind of like a bad zombie land kind of feel and mm-hmm. that's not I, I just don't feel like that would then do the material from the games justice well they, i mean they they clearly feel they can capitalize on the market and the people who are excited about fallout and it's not just outside like that specifically because other companies clearly are kind of right there as well uh somebody may have already announced this on our podcast but hbo is doing a last of us show which <laughs> oh, that's interesting <laughs> i've never heard about this yeah i know it's kind of crazy right so you know they're, they're thinking hey we can capitalize on this audience you have Showtime producing a Halo series. Uh, you also have the guys who did John Wick uh, are going to do a show based on my f- my friend Pedro. So there's a that's lot- a weird one. What yeah. right. weird pick? <laughs> so uh, tell me for this Last of Us, uh, are are they just hiring Ellen Page? Like how many millions <laughs> of dollars are they just throwing at her? Yeah, they don't have casting yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, didn't it she it's an sue? easy pick. Yeah. Didn't she sue Last of Us for like using her likeness? Yes. I think yeah. likeness. Yes, yes, she did. That was an entire thing about it, the development of the game, which is why I feel like it would be so befitting of just being like, "Hey, we made this character to be you. Just be this character in the mm-hmm. game for. We'll pay you more money." Right. Well, and and that's just the that's just the TV side I as need, well. Uh... Gerard Butler for Joel, obviously. Oh God, Gerard Butler! Your dad will <laughs> love that series. Uh outside of the TV realm, we also have movies. People are pursuing this movie realm. We, we clearly had Sonic the Hedgehog, which had a kind oh, of a rocky start, oh. but I mean, they recovered. They it at least did well in box office. Um, they are doing a Borderlands film. They're doing an Uncharted film. They are doing a Monster Hunter film. Uh, they're working on a Sleeping Dogs film. I'm pretty sure they're working on a Final Fantasy Man, one. I thought everybody forgot about Sleeping Dogs. Did they no kidding. do Final Fantasy? There's, there's been some Final They've Fantasy made movies. animated Final Fantasy yeah. movies. Yeah. Which, I mean, do we want a live action? Keep it animated. It's fine. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it will be interesting to see if any of them stay, stand up to how great uh, that freaking movie that i just why i blanked on it assassin's Creed. Creed. yes yeah it could have been well, such a good good joke there it was just terrible delivery yeah um to i've been trying to watch in quarantine here all of the movies and tv shows that have been based off of video games wow. and uh recently in the past couple of weeks here i've i've uh watched the warcraft movie Mm, there's and no way that was good it's not bad you know I was expecting it to be on the mm. level of the Assassin's Creed movie which is just bad and mm-hmm. I was expect like I was just like I'm gonna hate watch this it'll like you know I'll make fun of it um, it's weirdly pretty decent like 7 out of 10 you know it, it's a thing that it's like hey if you see it on your queue or something on whatever streaming thing that you have watch it you're probably not gonna hate it I, you know I, like it's 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 a decent two hours I, the weird thing was so i like i watched it from the perspective of somebody that has played world of warcraft so there was some references of things that i kind of like understood of like okay i get where they are i get who this character ends up being i get where this character comes from like i know a little bit of this like lore that they're going through so it was kind of neat to see a little bit of that story that i know and learn more about the stuff that i didn't from playing wow uh my girlfriend watched it with me and she 
doesn't know anything about World of Warcraft and was able to kind of follow along with it and was like, it's pretty good. The CGI holds up. It's got a good story. Like, it's there's a lot to it and they leave a lot of stuff just out. And you're just kind of like, wait, why does this person hate that person over there? Uh, but I think it's probably for the best because if you have to explain all of that, uh, you're in like a 15 movie realm and it's just going to take way the fuck too long. So it was just kind of like, that dude hates that dude. End of discussion. We're going on with the story. And you're like, all right, cool. You know, you might be right here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes does score Warcraft 10 percentage points higher than Assassin's Creed at a solid 28%. Wow. <laughs> mm. I will say I do enjoy how often Owen on this podcast you're like yeah it was really it's like it's fine <laughs> you should watch it it's you know it's good it's fine well it's because of the fact that when I'm really excited about something I want to be really excited about it and when I say hey like this thing is amazing and the best thing ever and you should watch it that I mean that you know I, I don't want to drown that review with everything else that i was just like oh yeah yeah you guys should watch you know the warcraft movie it's like hey I, you know it's there it's pretty decent as far as an adaptation goes and i think they did a good job uh as far as the i looked at like the uh, box office numbers of it and i'm kind of surprised that they didn't try to sequel it since it made so much money overseas and i was just like why yeah. would you not just didn't it make like a crap load in China? Yeah. Warcraft so, movie? Yeah, that's what I heard it, when it I came out. Seems, it just seems like a little weird, and I'm kind of wondering what the business decision was on this, because like it made a crap ton of money in China, and like there are m movies that have made so much less in both the American and the Chinese markets that have gotten sequels, and this actually did pretty decent, and it's not even bad of a movie like i would love to see a sequel to this and you know they 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 can it so it was one of those things i'm just kind of like huh i wonder what that entire backstory is that led them to that because normally as long as it can turn a profit hollywood will pop that thing out they don't give a shit they, they uh, want yeah. more money box office it's probably Mojo more complicated say, box office Mojo does say that it made 47 million in the u.s and 225 million in china yeah that's insane it's it's probably just more complicated because it's a licensed thing. That could be. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it was one of those things that as far as, like, if I have to rate, you know, the best movie and TV show video game adaptations, I think that, that takes my number five spot. I think that that makes it into the top five just barely. Um, One last thing to kind of talk about here real quick. And, uh, Owen, oh, this is you. Um. Sky Larson, Rob the Sky Games. Yeah, uh, so we've got a new community cast coming out. Uh, I interviewed uh, Sky Larson. He is a developer uh, and is part of the two-man team of Rob the Sky Games. Uh, he also is a developer uh, on Burgle Bros 2 with uh, Tim Fowers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was able to uh, meet with him and discuss some things about uh, Sky's new video game that he's been developing uh, that's coming out soon, as well as get some fun stories about uh, the new Burgle Bros. So that should be coming. Um, I also had a very interesting conversation with him about the future of conventions. And uh, he was saying that you expect to see, especially in the board game realm, a lot of stuff migrating over to tabletop sim. 
yeah. as as a way of them being able to like you know instead of going to a convention and demoing it with your friends to be able to kind of like hey we put a version of this on tabletop play version you know play it enjoy it uh, and pass it around kind of thing um, which is also really interesting so there's a lot of that and that should be up soon <laughs> uh, yeah cool awesome. uh, that's episode four of our community cast that is episode four of the community cast um, awesome. I'm hoping that when uh, Burgle Bros 2 actually comes out, I will have uh, Sky come back with Tim and uh, we'll be able to talk about the game. That'd be great. Yeah. Alex, did you say something? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I don't think so. Oh, oh fine. I mean, okay. I would comment if I have a second. It's We talked about this the other day, but I think it's weird that they put a 2 on a board game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Burgle Bros 2. Burgle Bros 2. Think of any other tabletop games that just have a sequel with a 2 at the end? Well, I did, I did talk Thank to you. <laughs> it's <laughs> not the said. same. I feel like uh, exactly what I said. It's the bill of what you just said to all no, of us. No, no, it's not the same. Thank you, Jake. I feel like it is a little bit. Yeah, I did. I did ask him about what it's like uh, kind of building a sequel of a board game and how it like, kind of what that means since there's not a lot of board game sequels out there is like is it just another skin on top of it is kind of like you know star trek Catan, or if it's more of you know something completely entirely different um so check it out if you want to hear the answer to that well there is alex just for reference there is chess 2 the sequel oh Oh, wow rated on board game geek at a 7.2 didn't put chess in my games list I play oh, a lot cool. of chess recently. Yeah, I was going to say, you've been even <laughs> watching streams of chess. Is that, is that a new one? New yeah. release? <laughs> it's a new, sick new release. <laughs> it's, it, it is funny because I have heard Alex watching streams of chess, and he'll just be like, no, that's a bad move. He's going to lose now. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, watch, like three turns. This guy's going to lose now. He fucked up. <laughs> I mean, that, it's a blunder. That's kind of how sir. chess goes, right? That's right. You got you to gotta use the right terminology. It's a blunder. I gotta develop my knight onto c6. Oh, oh no, geez. it was a blunder. Wow. Have... <laughs> I don't. No comment. I've got. I got, <laughs> I got pretty into chess recently. Right, I also. So. I've pulled people uh, yeah. into chess. I've been playing chess with my dad. I got Aaron to start playing chess. I got Sam to start playing chess. Sam what, has Sam rekindled chess with his brother. No, he just started playing with his brother because he started playing with me. Uh-huh. He said the same thing to his brother after I sent it to him. It's like rekindled a, a like a brotherly bond between the two of them like, because oh, they yeah. used to play when they were kids with their dad. It's, it's so insane. nice of Twitch to get all these people back into chess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twist, uh, Twitch and uh, Twist, Twist and Chess dot com and the PogChamps tournament, which I watched a bunch of. It's very fun. What you're saying is this is the reason why you guys aren't on uh, Destiny anymore. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> play a lot of chess lately. A lot anybody of chess. Wants, anybody wants to play chess, hit me up. <laughs> Sam's beat me twice in a we'll, row. We'll put a link to your username in this in these podcast notes so that anybody can just challenge you at chess. Yeah. I did hit a weird button on my app, and then I accidentally started playing a random person, not like today. Oh, so. no. Hmm. You Whatever will you do? I don't, I don't know. I'm playing with this random guy now. <laughs> Have you made any 
bad plays yet. Blunders. There you, you say. go. One would say. Is that a no? No bad plays. No, no. We're still in the opening moves here. Oh. Okay. Well, if you want to play chess with Alex, uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, just search for him on the chess.com app, which is called. Actually, it's not called chess in the app store. It's called chess. Let's play chess. It's it's learn called chess. chess. Play and learn or something like that. Chess, play and learn. What there a good we name. go. Yeah, what right. Solid name. It's for a game. it's the chess.com official app. Uh, yes. So check that out. It is no. You can chess also play from the website, which the I sequel. recommend. I like it a lot better than the app because you can like right click to move stuff and then instead of moving it it puts an oh arrow so you can like gosh. visualize stuff you can right click to move stuff yeah it's like then like these, these like game fake mechanics are like yeah, it, really fake moves it. it puts like an arrow so you can like visualize all right Super if i move immersive. this here then they move this there and then i move this there and then they move this there and then you've got like a bunch of arrows all over the board and you look like a mad scientist can you just play it in VR, like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone level, where you're like yeah. moving the chess pieces around physically? And then they kill you. Yeah, they kill you. <laughs> and then we just come down to the basement, and you're just laying on the ground with a VR headset on your head, and you're just not alive, not breathing. Yeah, everybody knows if you die in the game, you die in real life. So. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. I don't even want the pleasant exit I just want the duh to be the end. You just cut it right there. Duh! This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.